hello. <laughs> That's a crowd. Oh, okay. Those are people clapping because we're live. Kapow Radio live from Mesquite, Nevada. Ooh. What's the date? What's the date? Today's date is December 10th, 2018. Yay, yay, yay. You know why everybody's so excited? Because I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did I know you were going to say that? Well, because they're like, I've been getting nasty emails. And they were like, well, no, yeah, I've been getting like people trolling me, man. Oh, I And they were like, dude, you. dude, you suck. No, Where's that's Ms. not Kapow? true. They were saying that in un- uncertain words. I, I was reading between you. the lines. I was reading between the lines. I go, dude, you sucketh. Bring back Ms. Kapow because she's nice and she balances you out and you're friendlier and you laugh. But without her, you're like, well, serious, man. I don't believe you. Yeah. But it's good to be back. Yeah. Where were you? I was um, practicing, dancing okay. for my show. Wow. Yeah. You're like a showgirl, huh? But it's all done now. You're Thank a God. I don't know. People don't know that Miss Kapow belongs to a dance troupe. They tap dance and clog. And they are, a, they are themselves a charitable organization. But what they do is they put on these benefit shows and they raise money and they put the show on at the community theaters. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. And you just got done doing uh, three shows this weekend. Yeah. And uh, then they raise money, all the ticket sales, um, passing the basket, all the little trinkets, everything that's sold goes to a charity they pick for that year. And this year it was a Salvation Army, the Mesquite Local Salvation Army that they gave the money to. And it's usually, what, two or three grand, sometimes four, yeah. mm-hmm. depending. So uh, she's involved in that. So she's involved in several several charitable uh, groups like that. Because, And the reason why she's involved with that is because she thinks she's working her way to heaven. <laughs> she thinks that God's going to go, well, I'm going to turn the other cheek on the other stuff because, you know, you gave money to charity. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Who are you going to believe? Brother Kapow or your lion ears? <laughs> All right. You know, you know what else other people are excited about? <laughs> well, Miss Kapow, while you were gone, we did the Kapow Radio Show sponsored a giveaway on Amazon. Oh. And the Kapow Radio Show gave away four free books. I'm talking free. I'm talking cost of shipping, That's tax, cool. everything. Yeah, we covered the cost of that. That's right, because we're, that's working our way to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did it because we wanted, we wanted to get the, get the book out there to people. So um, we gave away four books, covered the cost of everything on Amazon, and we had um, a lucky number giveaway. And it was up to four winners. And the lucky number was 100. So every 100 person who entered the contest uh, would get a free book. And we didn't require anything from them. All they had to do is, well, they had to be an Amazon member, obviously. It had to be uh, over 18 age and uh, 18 years of age and live here in the United States. That's all. I didn't I didn't require them to click a link or listen to one of my songs or, you know, anything. Just, mm-hmm. you know. And we had just under 1,000 people hit it. Wow. And we had uh, over 500 entrants, right? And we actually... Uh, gave away four out of the four prizes. Wow. So I thought that was pretty good. No, that's excellent. Yeah, so I want to congratulate. Here's the winners. Ready? Drum roll. Confirmed winners was Kelly J. Yay, Kelly J. You're going to love the book. Amy D. Amy. Amy, your life's going to change. Mateo. Uh Mateo got it. Uh Uh-oh. And then John G., Okay. So you four are the proud winners of Demons in My Marriage Bed. No, you can't return it for a refund that you got for free. If you don't like it, you have to give it to somebody else. Gosh, these people. Mm. So anyway, congratulations to you four winners. And at the, uh, the, the contest ended yesterday, I believe, or today, I forget. And we'll do another one. We'll probably do um, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies oh, okay. um, or Christianity of Blasphemy. One of those will give away that. Maybe even some, um, if I can, some uh, Mesquite Cafe Times End. 
excellent. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, you know, yes. until you break the bank, you people just, you know, break me dry. Don't have any more money. Giving stuff away. Kapow Radio Show. It's good stuff, though. So. No, yeah. I know we did it because really, I'm telling you, folks, you heard me last Friday, hopefully. The times are so crazy. It's so We're so close. We have to be so close, man, mm-hmm. of the collapse of everything. Society, the, the the ground shaking, the floods, the suns <laughs> entered into a grand solar minimum. Seriously, uh, you know it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's the time, right? And then demons are everywhere. Regular people are are just demonized, not demonized like being tormented. I mean, demon controlled, mm-hmm. demonized, like mm-hmm. where they're killing their, you know, husbands, girlfriends, and killing. You know, they're just they're crazy kids. Doing, doing stuff they never did before. And like I said, now's the time. You really need to know how to deal with these demonic forces. Mm-hmm. Take the training and save yourself a lot, a lot of heartache. And you might be able to help somebody else along the way. Mm-hmm. You might be able to. But for sure, you're going to uh, save your bacon from a lot of demonic heartache. These, mm-hmm. these demons are not your friends and they will destroy you any chance they can. True. Satan is a liar and he's a super, super duper deceiver. And we're going to learn that today some more. We're back in Josephus. Yay. Yay, yay. Miss Kapow's here to uh, to uh, support with the scripture references. That's going to be cool. Because what we're going to do is we're going to read some part of Josephus. And like I said, I'm reading out of this Reader's Digest kind of version called Josephus Thrones of Blood. I talked about it last week. I didn't know if it was still in print. I did look it up. Amazon has it. It's still in print. It's a three or four dollar book. I don't think it's very expensive. And if uh, you know, you can get Josephus online. You can probably read it for free on sacred text or something like that. But it's a hard read, you know, because it's it was written in Greek and uh, there's a lot to it. This particular little book kind of condenses everything, and it all centers around the life of Christ around that time to the destruction of Jerusalem, like I read last week. So it 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 kind of applies a whole lot to you. And it's so it kind of keeps you, you know, engaged with that. But Josephus wrote a lot of works and he documented the history of the Jews from the very beginning, from the creation to the destruction of the temple. And, uh, but this particular book focuses on 37 BC to AD 70. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so, you know, last week I said, you know, why is this important? Because you can see history. If you pay attention to history, you can see what the uh, the future performance is going to be. Yeah, you can see patterns. Absolutely. And a lot of times, well, all the time, biblical prophecy is not linear. It doesn't go from, hey, 586 BC was the destruction of the temple. Jeremiah prophesied over it, and then that's the end. Mm-mm. You know, then something else happens very similar to, you know, in 160 BC, you know, in the Maccabean period with Antichius. You know, and then Jesus refers back to Daniel when he's talking about the destruction of the temple and says, hey, just like spoken by the prophet Daniel, you know, when you see the abomination, which causes desolation, sitting where it should not be, right? Mm-hmm. So Daniel had already happened. They were already taken into captivity, you know, in 586 BC. But Jesus is referring back to that, talking about a future event because it's it's not linear, it's spiral. Mm-hmm. See, it happened once, it'll happen again, it can happen again, mm-hmm. right? These, these, these are the, the lessons. So we're going to look at history to see what happened in Jerusalem to the Jews, especially the apostate Jews. We're not looking at the Christian church. We're looking at apostate Israel. Yeah. And we're seeing what happened and how they got demonized. I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole Judea was just, you know, not everybody, but there were robbers and false prophets and false priests and boy, they were demonized, man. And they, they, yeah, they created a, a lot of death and murder on the apostate nation that had rejected their God, right? And Jesus spoke of these things. So what's going to happen is I'm going to read this stuff. And then Linda's going to give you some scripture references, like in Matthew, Mark, you know, Luke, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause you got to know Mark was Matthew uh, 24, Mark uh, 13 and Luke 21 are, are they're, they're the prophetic chapters. Luke also has, what, 19, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, you're going to see some references in here, and hopefully in the future we can even throw some Revelation reference, uh, references in there that go, wow, uh, just what Jesus was talking about, no stone unturned, and here we, here we are. And it behooves us to look at history and understand it and go, it happened to them, it can happen to us, it will happen to us. And, um, and plus it also gives you the perspective that when you see that AD, hap, AD uh, 70 destruction happen and the temple was destroyed and that apostate Jewish nation was divorced from Yahweh and that God's people are both Jew and Gentile, the, the barrier is broken down. You're, you're in the body through Christ. And when you really see that, you start gaining the discernment not to fall for every Tom Dick foolery. Mm-hmm. That comes and goes, oh, you know, we're looking, <laughs> and I don't want to be mean. I'm not going to say too much, but, you know, they're, they're, I just ran across some things, but there's some, there's some folks out there, and, you know, they're looking for the Antichrist through the symbols, you know, in Washington, D.C. type of thing. And, and so when you, you get involved in, in that kind of stuff, you get involved with the Jonathan Kahn stuff, you know, the Harbinger. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and so he's running around New York seeing signs and symbols in New York that are bringing the harbinger of the uh, Jesus's return. And that was what, two years ago or last year? Something like two that. Two years I ago. And, you know, and it was a failed prophecy. And of course, people will defend Jonathan and Khan and said, oh, he never said a date. No, he just wrote a Times, New York Times bestselling book called The Harbinger and deceived a bunch of people and led them astray. So... When you understand the history, it gives you the discernment and the maturity, the spiritual maturity to not fall prey to a lot of this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of prophecy has already been fulfilled in AD 70. All right. We we're not at the end of the age yet. There's Gentiles trampling the, the, the temple until the end of the age. It, the end of the age will be consummated. The Bible tells you that. God's been telling you that for 6,000 years. It will be consummated. Uh, we're not there yet. So not all prophecy has been fulfilled. And that's another error. That's just like say, you know, that's just as crazy as the other side. Mm-hmm. But realizing what has already happened, it doesn't mean, hey, it won't happen again because it's a spiral. Something similar may happen again. But realizing that you're not out chasing the Antichrist. You're not out you know, donating money to the Third Temple Foundation. Mm-hmm. You're not waiting for them to sacrifice bulls and goats and demeaning the blood of Christ. Right. You're not being foolish. Amen? Amen. Okay, Ms. Kapow, um, I am going to start reading, and you're going to have to pray for me, man, because this is not an easy read. Mm-mm. Not an easy read for Brother Kapow. All right. So I am going to, for you, the audience, I'm going to skip around. Uh, a little bit because there's a lot of names that are that are spoken and you can read this stuff for yourself if you really want to get the grasp of it so i'm going to skip a lot of the 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 roman type of details about who's in charge and this and that and just kind of get to the meat of stuff if i can all right okay here we go well this happened in ad 45 or AD 46. So remember the fall, the final fall of the temple, the destruction of the temple was AD 70. And then the rest of Jerusalem and Judea fell after that. But AD 70 was the final fall, the destruction of the temple. So when I'm saying what I'm about to read occurred in AD 45, you're talking about 25 years before the destruction of the temple. So if you look at Christ being resu- you know, resurrected, dying and resurrected around AD 30, you had about 40 years until the destruction. So at this point, the church age was going on. You had the early church out there. You had Acts. You had the apostles. You had a big missionary uh, push out there in AD 45 when this is going on, right? Mm-hmm. So to them and to us, you would think, well, that's 25 years away. That's a long time. And it probably is. If you, if you gave me a prophecy today and it's not really fulfilled in 25 years, that's, you know, it's easy to forget. <laughs> it's like, well, it didn't happen. You know, it's a long time. And then here it comes. Mm-hmm. You know, so God, God, you know, a thousand years is as a, a day to the Lord. A day to the Lord is like a thousand years. 
So his time, he's not restricted by time like we are. So keep that in mind, all right? So this is AD 45, about 25 years before the destruction. And it says, well, Fetus, and he's a Roman uh, procurator, procurator of Judea. So while Fetus was the boss of Judea, there was a mag- uh, magician, yes, a sorcerer named Thetis, Thetius. And he persuaded a large number of Jews to take their possessions and follow him to the river Jordan. And he claimed to be a prophet and he promised to divide the river. And when he would divide the river, he said, this would allow you easy access to get over it. In other words, you could escape the servitude of Rome, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Fadus, who's the boss of Judea, the Roman boss, he sent a troop of horsemen to their location to prevent this. And so when they got there, they killed many, many Jews, and then they captured many alive. Mm. And they cut off Theudas's head. This guy who's a magician, a false prophet, they cut off his head and they took it back to them to Jerusalem. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I read that to you is Jesus warned his disciples that there would be many, many false prophets and false messiahs. What's a messiah mean? It's a savior. He said there'd be many false saviors. And when he said, when you see these guys, oh, here they are in the wilderness. Oh, here he is in the closet. Here he is in a secret place. He said, don't go to them. Mm-hmm. He warned him, what, four times? Like in Matthew? Well, there's Matthew 7.15, Matthew 24.11 and 24, and then Mark 13.22. Okay. Well, so, just give us, a, give us a scripture. Okay, so let me read um, Matthew 24.11 and 24. All right. Matthew 24.11 says, Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And verse 24 says... For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So what we're saying here is we're we're not saying that, oh, this was fulfilled, you know, right here, because there was a lot of them. We're not saying this is fulfilled and so it's not for today Mm -hmm. because that's not true. You just look at Carl Lentz from Hillsong (laughs) and that'll tell you that's not true. There's false prophets doing all kinds of weird stuff out there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What we're saying is it happened then, just like Jesus said it would, and it's cyclic. It's not linear, Mm -hmm. okay? You know what's interesting, too, like in in, in, uh, Matthew 24, 11, when Jesus said many false prophets will arise and will mislead many, Mm -hmm. he said because lawlessness is increased and most people's love will grow cold. And that's exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. You will see that. That's. I'm glad you put that out because you will see that as I read on that it was totally lawless and they there was no love. That's exactly what Jesus said. It's amazing. So this Fetus guy, the boss of Judea, he, uh, he was succeeded by a guy named Tiberius Alexander as procurator of Judea. And when these guys were the bosses there, there was a great famine, fam, famine, famine, famine. I can't even say it. <laughs> there was a great fam- people. It was, they were hungry. There was a great famine that hit Judea, right? And there was a queen. Her name was Helena. And she imported wheat from Egypt to feed the starving. And um, there was all kinds of stuff. And it was, there was this time that these two guys, James and Simon, they were the sons of Judas of Galilee, now, these aren't the names, your biblical names you're used to seeing. These are other people, right? This is 45 AD. But anyway, these two guys raised a revolt uh, during this time because of taxation. And this Alexander guy, the boss, had crucified him. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and it was also at this time that they appointed this high priesthood. And they, they removed the high priest that was there and gave it to another guy. And what they were doing is putting these high priests uh, in there for like political reasons so that they would say whatever they told them to say, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, today's modern churches with the uh, the tax exempt stuff. 
But anyway, what this shows is there was famine in the land, mm-hmm. a great fan, famine, where Queen Helena was actually importing wheat uh, to the land to help feed the starving people. You got to remember, too, also in the book of Revelation, on one of the seals there that are open, there was a great uh, a famine where they were given a day's wages uh, for uh, for a measure of wheat or a measure mm-hmm. of barley, yep. you know, and then the angel will say, don't harm the oil and the wine, you know, and that's oil, the wine, and the temple. That's a whole nother st- study. But th- this stuff, and what I'm telling you is some of the things in the book of Revelation were also predictive of AD 70. And, uh, and if that's the case, then, you know, the book of Revelation was written before the fall of the temple. And uh, I believe there's enough internal evidence to prove that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you there's, there are those who don't believe that, and that's fine. But it does make, it makes the biblical prophecy make so much more sense. And you're not running around looking for the Antichrist in, you know, the trees. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, famine was um, pre- um, predicted by the Lord as well. Okay. In Matthew, it's, famines is... Rev- um, Referenced in Matthew twenty four seven, Mark thirteen eight, and Luke twenty one eleven, but I'm going to read Matthew twenty four seven, and it just says, "For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes." But all these things merely are the beginning of birth pangs. Mm. It, it, all that did happen, and like once again, I come to keep iterating. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen again in our day, or does it? repeat but it did happen mm-hmm. jesus's words did come true they weren't they weren't void uh they really did so the the roman um political you know situation there was just a mess just like it's a mess now they're killing each other and this person's becoming emperor and blah, blah 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 i'm skipping over all that josephus documents all that uh, and he says that uh, there was a great tragedy that the bef- that befell the Jews during the reign of Cumanus. Cumanus, and he's now the boss of Judea. This Cumanus. how do you spell Cumanus? C U M A N U S. Thank you. Yeah, Cumanus. At one of the Passover feasts, uh, there was a large number of Jews had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. which made Cumanus nervous about the possibility of a revolt. See, the Jewish war started around um, around 65, 60, you know, 65 to 68, I think, you know, AD, up to the fall of, of Jerusalem and stuff. But there was a Jewish war where they revolted against Rome. And this is why they were destroyed. God used Rome as his hammer, just like he used Babylon. And before that, he used Assyria Mm -hmm. to punish his apostate uh, people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So this is like the beginning. These are like the seeds of the revolt. And that's why this is important. You know, because it just didn't happen overnight. It accumulated uh, through the years, Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And that's because of God's mercy. Exactly. And get to give people time. And the gospel message was going out during this time. Remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. All the apostles were out there and they're preaching the gospel message. And Jews are converting. They're not converting. I Correct me on that. Jews are realizing that their Messiah had come. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're, they, they've realized that they're under a new covenant under the Lord Jesus Christ. And they get to the Father through him and through his blood. See, that's what that's that's what's happening during this time, and uh, of course the apostate Jews have rejected all of that. So anyway, there's uh, they're at this feast in Jerusalem, and Cumanus gets nervous of a possibility of a revolt, and this is this is like all the other bosses were nervous about this. They all did the same thing. So Cumanus stationed a regiment of soldiers. Ooh, that's important. He stationed a regiment of soldiers in the temple cloister as a preventative measure. Now, on the fourth day of the feast, one of the Roman soldiers dropped his pants and Mm. exposed himself to the crowd in the temple. Huh. The Jews saw the soldier's action as an insult, not only to them, but to God, right? Mm -hmm. 
and accused Cumanus of arranging the incident. When he was not able to quiet the crowd, Cumanus ordered the whole army to occupy the Tower of Antonia, mm. and that overlooked the temple. So the crowd then panicked because they thought they were going to get killed. And Josephus records that at least 20,000 Jews died in the crush that ensued, mm. right? So when you think of these armies, right? When you think of these armies that have now occupied the temple and occupied the fortress surrounding the temple, I want you to think about what Jesus said in Luke when he said, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, mm -hmm. get out. And it's the exact same reference that he used in Matthew and Mark when he referred back to Daniel and said, when you see the abomination of desolation, the Greek reads, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, get mm -hmm. out. Well, some Roman soldier pulling down his pants, mm -hmm. blaspheming God in the temple, Mm -hmm. And you see the army surrounding to, to <laughs> that's the abomination. That's one of the abominations that Jesus was warning about. When you start seeing the, the temple being so corrupt and ab abominable, it's time for you to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know you got some scriptures on that. You want me to read those sure. scriptures then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or whatever you have. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see here. Matthew... Matthew 24, 15 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and whoever is on the housetop must go down to get the things out of that are in his house. And whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babes in those days. And, but pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. And then, um, let's see, Luke twenty one twenty says, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near. And then there's Mark 13, um, Mark 13, 14, NASB. Let me write, let me get that one up. Sure. You don't want to get that up. Let me just you know reiterate, this is 25 years before the total destruction. Now, before the total destruction, there was just three years of, of just murder, chaos, famine, because they had locked everybody in the city and had seized the city. And it was it was amazing. I I know that there was no Christians left in that city when that happened because they were all warned to get out. They were all gone and they were scattered by persecution before anyway. But they all, they all were out. But here you see the seeds of this kind of unrest. And you do see this, abomina this abomination of, that causes desolation. And once again, why this is important is because if you don't understand the history, you're running around looking for some mystery of the abomination of desolation. What could that be? What was that? Was that the sacrifice? Of, who did that? You know, was that an alien? that came? And you, all this speculation... But history already tells you what it was. Mm -hmm. It was the defilement of the temple was the abomination. And when Jesus referred back to Daniel, it's because that's what uh, Antichius Epiphanes did in uh, in the 160s BC, where he sacrificed a, a pig on the uh, altar of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Anyways, Mark 13, 14 says, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand then those who were in Dujea must flee to the mountains. It's very much the same language as in Matthew. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. So at, shortly after this, there were some Jews, and they were traveling on the road inside of Jerusalem, and they see this guy. He's one of Caesar's servants. His name is Stephanus, right? So they decide they're going to rob him. Remember Ms. Kapow just said there was lawlessness in the land? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they decide they're going to rob him. And then hearing of the robbery, Comanus, Cumanus, you know, the boss of Judea, immediately sent soldiers to then plunder all the villages nearby and to take the leaders captive. But as the plundering was going on, one of the soldiers found and he willfully destroyed one of the village's laws of Moses. Mm. So they found the Torah, right? The five books, the Pentateuch. 
and he willfully destroyed it. And that yeah. was a big no-no. See, but this is where the lawlessness is increasing. Yes. This, and you can see it now. Jesus mm-hmm. says the, the love of many will grow cold. Mm-hmm. Lawlessness is going to increase. And this is why this abomination is allowed to happen. This itself mm-hmm. is an abomination. Yeah. And that's when Christ said, unless those days were shortened or cut short, no life would have been saved. Absolutely. Yep. So when the Jews heard of this, a lot of them went to Cumanus to demand he avenge this affront to God. But on vice of his friends, Cumanus had the offending soldier beheaded. Thus that quieted the Jews, right? Mm. So here's another little ditty. There was a problem with the Samaritans, right? The Samaritans and the Jews never got along. And um, so as the Jews were traveling, they were Galileans. And as they would travel to Jerusalem for the festivals, they had to pass through Samaria on, the, on, on their way. And along the path, there was a village named uh, Guinea. And these people of the village attacked and killed a lot of the Galileans that passed through one day. Mm-hmm. So hearing about that attack, the Galilean leaders went to Cumanus, right? To urge him to avenge this murder of the people. However, Cumanus had been bribed by the Samaritans. No. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like today, doesn't it? See, mm-hmm. history, it's, it's repetitive. That's, how, that's why you learn the lessons of it. It's repetitive. It's the same thing. The politicians are politicians. So he took a bribe <laughs> from the Samaritans, and he refused the petition to do anything. So then the, the Galileans then encouraged all the Jews to take up arms and revolt, saying it was bad enough to live in slavery but slavery combined with murder was unbearable. So here are the seeds of the Jewish revolt. And everything, everybody, it's like today, everybody's divided and they're all mad at each other. And there's lawlessness everywhere. And Revelation talks about Babylon falling and becoming the cage of every unclean bird and demon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can see these people are just demonized with such hate. So anyway, there was a... Uh, there was a robber named uh, Eliezer. <laughs> he's a Jewish robber. He's a Jewish man, but he's a he's a crook. He's a he's a thug. He's a rapper. He's a Jewish rapper in the day, first century rapper, and he and he's living in the mountains. And so they these Galileans get together. These Jews get together with him, and they join forces. And then they go and they plunder a lot of the Samaritan villages, right? But a lot of the Jewish leaders were trying to prevent this. And they were trying to calm him down. And when uh, Cumanus heard of this, he took the army that he had and he went to the Samaritans and he armed them. And then he killed many of the rebellious Jews. So as soon as they saw how far things had gone, the leaders, the good leaders of the Jewish community in Jerusalem, they put on sackcloth. They poured ashes on their heads. They entreated the rebels to stop their attacks on Samaria Now, this is important. Before the whole country was destroyed, the temple burned and all the Jews thrown into slavery. So they knew exactly what was coming. They said, if we continue this revolt, if you guys continue to behave this way and rob and kill and act lawlessness, we're going to be destroyed. The temple's going to burn and we're all going to be taken slaves and scattered throughout the whole world. They knew that. Mm. That's exactly what Jesus predicted. Mm-hmm. Also, what? Deuteronomy 38 and Leviticus. We're not going to read that, but it goes way back there. Oh, 28. 28. Mm-hmm. It goes way back there about what would happen mm-hmm. to apostate people. So uh, at this time, the people did listen to the leaders and they dispersed. And the bandits, these robbers, returned to the mountains from where they soon tormented all of Judea with their robberies. Mm-mm. See, the, this is brother against brother. Yep. And the very thing that's also in scripture, um, we have that Matthew 10, 21 and Mark 13, 12, Mark 13, 12 says, brother will betray brother to death and a father, his child and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mm, Yep. Yep. What ends up happening to this uh, Cumunus guy 
because this whole feud with the Samaritans went all the way up to the emperor of Rome. <laughs> and uh, so what happens is that Claudius, at the time he was the emperor, decided that Samaritans had started the whole problem. And so their ambassadors were executed and Cumanus was banished. Yeah. And I guess there was this, this one of his, uh, you know, little guys that worked for him, one of his little lieutenants named Seller. He was uh, taken to Jerusalem, drawn through the city, and executed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that put an end to that. And then Josephus goes on. He talks about Agrippa's family. And all this is interesting, you know, history. I'm not going to read it all, you know, who married who and why. But let me tell you this. There's a lot of problems, a lot of murder, a lot of killing and everything. And, um, you know, who's who and all this stuff and how they died, and who poisoned who and this and that. But they... um he documents very interesting the uh, the birth and rise of Nero, the Emperor Nero, and that's kind of an interesting read. I'm not going to, you know, give you that, but kind kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and it it kind of ends with that as it says as soon as Nero and he, from from his birth and it, it documents his his rise, but it says as soon as Nero obtained control of the government, he secretly had uh, Britannicus. Poison. He has a sister and his mother and everybody he killed. And he publicly executed his mother, his wife, and many other high-ranking people for uh, plotting against him. So it just tells you right there who Nero was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a psychopath murderer. Huh. Yeah. He's the guy that's burning Christians at the stake. So you understand that. Now, Josephus talks about this group called the Sicarii. They were assassins. And uh, they worked around in the first year of Nero's reign. And um, apparently what these guys, what happened is the the affairs of the Jews at this time were growing more and more troubled. It's just like Ms. Kapow read, the lawlessness is increasing. And that, isn't that what Jesus said? Mm-hmm. The love of many are going to grow cold. See, it's happening again. You see it, you see it repeated you see the you see God's people, what we call now the church, right? Mm-hmm. These 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 buildings, this business model, and you see how many are apostate. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many that are just totally apostate. I mentioned Carl Lentz. You know, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. really? Um, so the affairs of the Jews were growing more and more troubled, and the country was filled with robbers and false prophets, fully the people. Mm. That's what Josephus writes. False prophets fooling the people. He also um, links them up with robbers. And although Felix, now Felix is the new boss, right, was successful in capturing and killing many of them, including the robber Eliezer. But they couldn't, the Romans were having a hard time keeping control over these rebellious Jews, right? That's right. So Felix, who's now the boss of Judea, well, he hated the high priest. <laughs> he hated mm, Jewish figure. High priest. Yeah. Uh, because this high priest, Jonathan, kept telling him how to run the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, Felix devised this plot to have him killed. So he uh, persuades Doris, he's one of Jonathan's best friends, to arrange to have Jonathan killed by bribing some robbers to do the job. <laughs> yeah. So the robbers come into the city as if they were going to worship. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And they have daggers hidden under their clothing. Mm. So what they do is they mingle with the crowd as if, uh, and they're able to murder the high priest and then they escape safely. Wow. So since they're not caught and punished, the robbers are, they're named Sakari for the short curved swords they carried. Mm-hmm. So they're assassins. They returned again and again to murder others in the city. And guess what? In the temple itself. You, wow. s- you see how the temple has it's it's become corrupted yeah. it's it there's there's blood in the temple there's murders going on in the temple and it gets much worse before god finally pulls the plug Mm-mm. you see what i'm saying that's why it can't be rebuilt there it's it's defiled right it's over you know so the you know that whole scam is well that's what it is i'm not saying there's some you know people who don't innocently believe that but they believe falsely on that and so their own enemies and those whom they were paid to kill 
And the Sakari, these assassins, were not at all concerned about the sacrilege of such murders. Of course not. Can we say abomination of desolation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, in standing where it shouldn't be, get out. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that if you were a first century uh, Christian, you can see that happening, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me read this line to you. And Josephus writes this. This is haunting. And this seems to be the reason God rejected Jerusalem and its impure temple mm-hmm. and brought the Romans upon the Jews, purging the city with fire and sending the Jews into slavery as a lesson to them. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to take a short break and then we're going to be right back and we'll talk about uh, Paul, the apostle, but what happened to him and how he got mixed up with one of these robbers. Mm. It's in history. It's kind of cool. How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts chapter 19, where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, We adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, Hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed. A true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces. And you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. So go on Amazon. If you're a prime member, you could get the paperback for $5.03. That's right. If you don't belong to Prime, $12.99. If you belong to Kindle Unlimited, you can get the ebook for free. And if you if you don't belong to Unlimited, you can get it for $2.99. So listen, we're trying to help you out here. We don't want you to be part of the Sons of Skiva. We don't want you to be on the losing end. We want you to be on the winning end. So do yourself a favor. Go to Amazon.com. Get yourself a copy of Demons in My Marriage Bed. Do it ASAP. It's really, really dark, dark times. And we are back. Yay. Yay. We are back. So you can see what we're talking about. It's total chaos. It's total lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some good people. There are some good Jewish leaders who are trying to quash the rebellion. And they're saying, hey, you're going to get destroyed. We're all going to take into slavery. You know, got So there are some reasonable voices but they're being overrun by all this crazy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it it does remind us of what Jesus said that, well, he doesn't come to bring peace. Don't think he'll come to bring peace, but a sword, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's found in Luke 12, 51, which says, Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. For from now on, five members in one household will be divided three against two and two against three, and they will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Wow. And when he says division on the earth, don't think of a planet. Don't think of a globe. The Greek word for earth is land or soil or country or that. A lot of times it is used of the whole world system, but many times it's used of a local land, a particular place. You could say, don't think I, I, I came to bring peace on earth or peace on Judea or peace on this land. Mm. Okay. 
I think the Greek word is G, G-E. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. you have to keep that in mind. And I mean, you go over and over and find scriptures that support that it's it's uh, not the, the the planet. Yeah. Certainly not the globe because there is no globe. Right, Ms. Kamal? We that, found that out. Yeah. And, that um, area. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go on with this Paul thing. And uh, you know what, Ms. Kamal, if you could turn to Acts uh, 2138. Got it. Why don't you read that first, and then I'll read the Josephus story. Okay. I think that'll be cool. Acts 2138 um, says, Then you are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness. Should we go on about what Paul said? or? Uh, well, to preface that, <laughs> because we just jumped right into it, that's my fault. But to preface that, this is where Paul is um, take, almost taken custody by the Romans because the the Jewish people were so mad at him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't this the uh, because yeah. of the at the temple. Yes, yes, yes. It, it said that all the city was provoked, and the people rushed together, taking hold of Paul, and they dragged him out of the temple. And immediately the doors were shut. And while they were seeking to kill him, a report came up to the commander of the Roman cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. And at once he took some uh, along some soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came up and took hold of him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. And he began asking who he was and what he had done. But among the crowd, some were shouting one thing and some another. And when they could not find out the facts because of the uproar, he ordered them to be brought into the barracks. And when he got to the stairs, he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people kept following them, shouting away with him. And as Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, may I say something to you? And he said, uh, and he said, do you know Greek? Then you are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a revolt and let the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness. And then that's when Paul said, no, he's a Jew of Tarsus in Sicily and a citizen of no insignificant city. And um, he allowed. He asked if he would be allowed to speak to the people. Thank you. Um, and the the thing I want to point out here is that the Roman uh, cohort there thought that he was as acts as the Egyptian that led out a bunch of people to the wilderness <laughs> to die. Right. Mm-hmm. So you read that in Acts and go, "What the heck was that all about?" Well, check this out. Josephus says that Jerusalem was filled with impiety. Right? Here's your desolation. Abomination that caused desolation. Jerusalem filled with impiety. Deceivers and false prophets arose, leading the Jews into the wilderness in search of signs and wonders from God. Mm. Wow. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying they're going to do great signs and great signs. And if the days weren't short, many would be fooled. Mm-hmm. Even the elect would be fooled. And that whole peace, peace, peace thing. Yes. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Peace, peace, peace. Sudden destruction occurs. So deceivers and false prophets arose. They lead the Jews out in the wilderness in search of signs and wonders from God. Many that went with them were brought back and punished by Felix. He's the boss of Judea, right? One of these imposters came out of Egypt. Mm. Oh, and convinced a multitude of common people to follow him to the Mount of Olives. He promised them the walls of Jerusalem would fall at his command. Hearing these claims, Felix sent his soldiers against the Egyptian and his followers. And Josephus says 400 were killed and 200 captured, but the Egyptian escaped. Mm-mm. Isn't that amazing? Because mm-hmm. now you're reading in Acts 21, 38 in the Bible where the Romans thought Paul was this guy. Mm-hmm. That it, is kind of cool. That is cool. So, you know, there's a tie in there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives a lot, a lot of credibility there. So anyway, uh, let me go on. It says, again, the robbers encouraged the people to disobey the Romans. Those who would not comply with them had their villages burned and plundered. So it's getting worse and worse. It's um, labor pains, right, Ms. Capel? Mm-hmm. It's getting worse and worse for the uh, for the nation of Israel there. And there was a lot of trouble going on. I'm not going to read all of it. There's story after story. People are killing each other. The high priests are being, you know, whacked. It's just a mess. 
And around 80-60, so 80-60, you got to think that there's 10 years left before the fall of Jerusalem, right? Uh, the fall of the temple, 80-60. They, uh, a lot of the Jewish leaders had went to Rome to accuse Felix of you know being a crook. And uh, he would certainly have punished, you know, for his actions in Judea if it were not for the intervention of Nero's brother, Pallas. And Nero's brother and Nero, uh, they were no fan of the Jews. And at this time, Nero had rescinded the equality of the Jews living in uh, Caesarea. So you're starting to see huge changes uh, in the political, you know, landscape. Um, And then you really see a Jewish rebellion starting to happen when the Jews of Caesarea were informed that they were no longer uh, living inequality, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Hashtag me too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, there, there was some, there was a, there was a Grippa, Grippa the two. He was one of the, you know, the, you know, governors there or whatever, you know, Kings, you know, they all have titles. I, I don't know. Is another guy, and he built himself a dining room in the royal palace of Jerusalem. And in this dining room, he could easily look down into the temple itself. And so this really made the Jews mad. And so they built a wall that blocked the king's view. Oh and my. Yeah, so he couldn't see the sacrifices. You know, or he also blocked the view of the cloisters where the Roman guards stood uh, during the festivals and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, Festus, the governor, ordered the wall to be destroyed. But he thought he'd better hold off until the Jews uh, went to send ambassadors to Nero. But when Nero heard of it, he allowed the wall to stand only because of his wife, Bobea, who was a religious woman. Mm. Huh. So he sent the ambassadors home, but he kept a few of them as slaves, as hostages. Wow. So there's all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of issues going on. And then Festus dies in AD 62. And he's, he's replaced by another uh, procurator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some guy named El, Elbinus. Mm-hmm. Elbinus. So as he's on his way to Jerusalem to take over, there's this young high priest named Ananus. Mm-hmm. And he's very insolent and bold, right? And he's a strict Sadducee, right? You guys know the Sadducees. He's yeah. strict Sadducee. So he takes advantage of the fact that there's no boss in Judea at this time, right? Mm-hmm. So he assembled the Sanhedrin and he brought, now check this out, folks. He brought James, the brother of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. before them. And he accused him with those with him of breaking the law and he ordered them stoned. And then Josephus has in parentheses, although they were not killed. Mm. We'll see in Acts 12, 2, it says that, um, and he had James, the brother of John, put to death with his sword. And here Josephus says that they had stoned him, although they were not killed with the stoning. And I don't know if this is the same time he got killed with the sword, but you can see the persecution of the Jerusalem church. The Jerusalem church at this time in AD 62, right? About eight years prior to the total fall of the temple mm. were still in Jerusalem, some of them. Wow. Can you believe that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus, when you start seeing this stuff, get out, get out, get out. Of course, after we know that after the persecution there and, and James was killed, that really scattered a lot of the churches, sure. um, the, the Christians, that's, you know, the ecclesia, the called out ones, and, um, you know, the, the, the early church there. And of course, Nero was using, you know, Christians and the, Lion, you know, mm. lion festivities and yeah. lighting them for candles. So, but that's interesting that James, the brother of Jesus Christ, was accused of breaking the law and ordered them stoned. That was because they didn't have a Roman boss there. So it's it's not the Romans who are just being mean. Mm-hmm. It's the the apostate Jews who are totally demon possessed. Mm-hmm. Well, just like in the day of the Lord. Yeah. The Lord's Same day. thing. Mm-hmm. It's these religious people. They're nuts. So anyway, this action was against Roman law because it required the boss to give consent to the Sanhedrin mm. to assemble. And then, of course, many citizens disliked what was done. And then word was sent to the king, Agrippa II, and Albinus, informing them of what the high priest had done. 
And Albinus promised to punish um, Ananus when he got there. And Agrippa too took the high priesthood from him after only three months. And he made uh, Jesus, not our Jesus, <laughs> another Jesus, obviously, the son of Daenerys high priest. So now you, you switched high priests again. Hmm. And it goes on and it goes on. And anyway, they, um, you know, they, they did all kinds of stuff. And they got robbed and there was um, corruption where some of these citizens had... Um, got great riches and they would give these high priest gifts and Ananias cultivated the friendship of Albinus and the high priest Jesus and the other high priests sent their servants to the threshing floors and took by force the tithes that belonged to all the priests so some of the priests that were deprived of the living starved to death hmm. right this is brother against brother family against family and then with all of this you still have the Sakari going around stabbing people, killing people in the courtyards and in the temple. It's a mess. You know, it is a mess. And it goes on and on. And I I can't read all of this stuff because it just goes, you know, it just goes crazy. Wow. Um, and then this particular chapter ends with all the high priests. And Josephus uh, goes over the history of all the high priests. And he talks about Aaron, that the brother of Moses served as the first Jewish high priest. Then after his death was succeeded by his sons, from which came the law that only those related to Aaron by blood could serve as high priest. Mm. You get that? That's the Mosaic law. Only those related to Aaron by blood could serve as high priest. So if you build the third temple today in Jerusalem, uh, who are you going to get to be the high priest? Exactly. Where are you going to find uh, a relative of Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josephus records that 13 high priests descended from Aaron... They served 612 years between the departure from Egypt and the building of Solomon's temple. After them, 18 served in Jerusalem for a total of 466 years and six months and 10 days until Nebuchadnezzar took the Jews as captives to Babylon. Now, after the 70 years of captivity, Cyrus allowed the Jews to return to their own land. And Jesus, the son of Josedek, we know him as... Um, you know, Yeshua, right? Mm-hmm. Took the high priesthood. He and his successors, a total of 15 high priests, served for 414 years. And this is at the time, at the end of this time, Jacobus was high priest for three years, but no one succeeded him. And the city had no priest for the next seven years. Uh-huh. Jonathan was then appointed and served seven years. Did you get the word appointed? So he wasn't part of Aaron's bloodline. So they no longer had, they no longer are operating in the law of God at this time. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan was then appointed and served seven years, followed by Simon and Hyrcanus, who held the office for 30 years. Um, Aristobulus succeeded Hyrcanus for one year. He was succeeded as king and priest by his brother, Alexander, who ruled 27 years. So now it becomes a king priesthood during the Maccabean periods, right? That's mm-hmm. that 400 intertestamental, 400 years of intertestamental time mm-hmm. um, before we get into, you know, the, John the Baptist comes on the scene, right? Right. It said the next high priest was uh, Hyrcanus, who was high priest for nine years before his brother Aristobulus defeated him and reigned for three years and three months. Pompey, remember Pompey is the first Roman uh, emperor, restored the office to Hyrcanus. So, uh, and then he ruled additional 24 years. So, so you got to understand God used to appoint the high priest because the high priest is the one who, who went directly to God. Mm-hmm. Had to be of, of Aaron's bloodline. So now you have the emperors, Gentile emperors appointing uh, high priest because it, it became a very political office because if you control the high priest they they would then tell the people what to do uh kind of like it is now <laughs> exactly the way it is now exactly thank you Ms. Capel. it's exactly the way it is now um if if you could get the church leaders if you can get the pastors compromised uh, compromised and in your back pocket they will say uh anything that you want them to say Look at the Reverend uh, Wright, Obama's uh, guy, mm-hmm. uh, and over and over again. So, it, it, of course, of course, it's like that today. Uh, but it's not a thing of the Lord, is it? Mm-mm. 
So anyway, um, Herod then, King Herod made Aristobulus the next high priest, but then he killed him the following year. Mm-hmm. So do you think you could do that in Moses' day? Do you think you you could have done that when, when Israel was under God? Mm-hmm. God's high priest, you could just, you know, somebody could just kill him? No, you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so Josephus ends this with the number of high priests from the time of Herod until the burning of the temple in AD 70 was 28. There was 28 uh, high priests. And they served for a total of 107 years. And that's it. And that's it for today's lesson, children. Very interesting. Fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have any, anything to, uh, any leftover scriptures or anything you want to? Well, the one I wanted to uh, point out was um, the lament over Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. When Jesus... It, there's uh, two scriptures that I know of, thirteen, Luke 13, 34, and Matthew 23, 37. So I'll read both of them. In Luke, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together, just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not have it. Mm. And then um, Matthew 23, 37 says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who sent, are sent to her. And how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Wow. Talk about rejection. Yeah. And there it is. And it's just like Josephus says, it was because of this that God destroyed the temple, their impure temple in Jerusalem, and pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's some lessons to be taken here, serious lessons. This isn't just history. This mm-hmm. is God's history, and it's uh, very important. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, with the book of Josephus and then the scriptures, you, we can paint a more clear picture of that period and how it relates to us here yeah. in present time. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, like last week, I started with the end first, and then this week we went back, you know, 25 years, and now we're up to about 10 years. So probably next week, if we get to it, we can, um, you know, bring us back up to the end point. Mm-hmm. Um, very, uh, very interesting stuff. And it's it's really deep. You can go really deep in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ms. Kapow, should I should I end with a very happy song called All That's Left Now? Oh, sure. By Mesquite Cafe, available at online digital retailers, or you can get the CD, Time's End, by mm-hmm. Mesquite Cafe on Amazon. Yay! Uh, so all that's left now. So this is dedicated to AD 70. <laughs> exactly. All right. Ciao, babies. <laughs>